Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. It's good to see you all this weekend. Um, I was here by myself week, last weekend. I don't know what happened to all of you. <laughs> I saw a weather advisory pop up this morning. I said, if I'm the only one there, we are not changing service. Aren't you glad the word's more accurate than the weather guy is? <laughs> Man, I am. Anyways, good morning. Good morning. Well, we, we do appreciate you being with us this morning, and we are, um, we are trekking through this, this month uh, with the theme for 2022, and on New Year's Eve, we said that here's what God told us to tell you uh, that are involved here in LifePoint as a theme for 2022, and that is... Uh, his glory revealed. And so I told you that night, it's going to really take a month here of just teaching you about the glory of God, because that's a churchy word, and we get excited about it, but we, we sometimes, you know, we get excited about church words, and sometimes we really don't want, know what they mean, because they, they obviously have deep meaning, but it also has to have practical meaning to us here and now, where we live and in the season that, that we are in. So we've been unpacking this word glory, but we've said some things like this. God wants to reveal his glory. He wants to reveal it in you. He wants to reveal it actually for you. Um, last weekend, if you were um, watching, I did a message how God wants to reveal his uh, glory actually for you. And I'm going to do part two to that today. Pastor Diane, if you weren't here Wednesday night, did an awesome job talking about how our voice matters, especially with the things of God's glory. His voice matters. And so um, we're actually going to, we're almost at the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, this Wednesday night, we're, we're going to continue to talk about his glory. And we're going to move on to, to a, our Life Change Sunday next weekend, just share some stories of God's glory, um, testimonies of what God's been doing at the church, look ahead to what God's doing this year, and some stories from people. So I know we weren't in the building last weekend, but we've been, we have our camera set up in the foyer, and we want to capture some, this is what we're calling them, glory stories. Everybody's got some glory stories. So what I need you to do, especially since we missed last week, if you'll just stop by, Pastor Devin will be back there, and just stop by, give us a brief glory story on video. And, and I know what everyone says, I'm not, I'm not good on video. We'll help you be good on video. We'll make you look and sound much better than you look and sound. That, that's the amazing thing about, about video. But anyway, if you please stop by, just give us a glory story, maybe something that has happened recently over the last year or so, and I'm going to show you some cool stories along with that next Sunday. But let's get back to talking about the glory of God. Really, the definition of the glory of God would be this. It's a tidal wave of everything that God is and everything that God has. So it is this tidal wave of, of, of everything that God is and everything that, that God has. And what God wants to do is reveal himself, everything that he has and everything that he is to us, especially in 2022. That's what he has told us. Now, in the Old Testament, when you talked about the glory, it meant the weight of a person or the weightiest thing about a person. When you bring that word over into the New Testament, it gives us this, this idea of the honorable opinion of somebody. So when we talk about the glory of God, everything that God is, everything that God has, um, the weight of God, the, the highest estimation or opinion of God, that's what he wants to reveal to us. Sometimes we use words like the magnitude of God or the magnificence of God or the brilliance of God. Those are some words that we use to describe the glory of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. We used this verse last weekend and it says this, opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance, because from the very creation of the world, the invisible qualities, that's another way of saying the attributes of God, um, the attributes of, of his nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and his tran transcendence. Transcendence means that which goes above the ordinary. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible, so then this leaves everyone without excuse. Okay, what that wordy scripture really means is everyone is born with this intuitive um, desire to understand God. On the inside of us, there has always been this intuitive nature that there is a God and you want to know God. Now, here's the deal. 
But what, what that doesn't do for us is continue to give us revelation of God. There's an intuitive nature to know God, to want to understand God. But to have this ongoing revelation of God, we have to understand and see God fully. And God has to reveal himself more and more to us. Although it starts with just an intuitive nature. So, so here's what we can say. It starts with this intuitive nature inside of us. But we have to see more and more of God to get a clearer and clearer vision or glimpse of what God is really like. So when we say God reveals his glory, here's why he, we're saying is when God reveals his glory, he reveals his attributes. He reveals his nature to us. He reveals his characteristics to us. That's how we know what God is like. That's how we can put our expectors on God because he will reveal to us his attributes. Just like if you knew someone and you say, well, the, I know him. I know his characteristics. He's, he's an honest person. He's a hardworking person. Or she's a loving person. She's a giving person. When we see the glory of God, what we're seeing is the nature of God. We're seeing the characteristics of God. We're seeing his very attributes, the Bible says. So although we have this intuitive nature in us that there is a God and we want to know him, we have to see his attributes continue to be unfolded and revealed to us to fully understand God. And as we fully understand God, we see more and more of God. And the more and more we see of God, the more we like what we see. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's read another scripture. This is John chapter 1. This is verse 14. And so the living expression became a man, talking about Jesus, and he lived among us, and we gazed upon his what? We gazed upon his glory, the glory of the one and the only who came from the Father, look what it says, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. So the Bible says this, Jesus came as the living expression of the glory of God, and he dwelt among us, and we actually got to gaze on the attributes of God. Now, we know that Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. So when you see the Word, you see Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see the Word, and the Word is describing God. The Word is God being exposed to us. So it says this, that God shows us through Jesus even the living attributes. And I believe this, that we see two main characteristics of God when we talk about the glory of God and his attributes. We talked last week about the greatness of God, the power of God, the magnificence of God. I mean, God's a great God, and I encouraged you to, to put your focus back on the power and the greatness of God. But not only is there the greatness of God, there's the goodness of God. Everyone say greatness. greatness. Say goodness. Those two go together to see the greatness of God. Guess what? We've got to understand the goodness of God. To see the goodness of God, we'll see the greatness of God. Those two attributes go together. But in this verse, it, it, it has this interesting phrase. It says that um, we see Jesus who came, and he overflows with tender mercy and truth. That phrase, tender mercy, let me unpack that real quick for you. Um, in the Old Testament, it would be described this way, that we would see the loving kindness or the goodness of God. In the New Testament, which is Greek, it, it's the charis of God or the grace, the favor, check this out, the sweetness, the pleasure, and the delight of God. When you combine the Aramaic and the Greek of those phrases or those words, you get the phrase tender mercy. So what the Bible is saying, when you see Jesus, you see the goodness of God. When you see Jesus, you see the sweetness of God. When you see Jesus, guess what? You, you, you see the favor of God. When you see the word of God, you see, guess what? The grace of God. You see the mercy of God. So we can say it this way. What God wants to reveal to you in 2022 is a fresh revelation of not just the greatness of God, but guess what? The goodness of God. I want you to look at someone next to you, point at them, and say this. God is good. All the time. If you came up in a religious setting, you may have not understood that God is actually a good God. And if you're a good God, what do you do? Good things. God has been misrepresented. Think about this. Um, uh, with insurance, what do they say if something happens? That was an act of God. It wasn't an act of God. See, we, we, we put the wrong tags on God. This happened, so God did that. We have to remember God's a good God. Amen. He's a good God. And so when he reveals his glory, God wants to reveal on the next level to us his goodness. Now, last weekend, we talked about the greatness of God. And I said this, that the greatness of God will fix you, it will free you, and it will form you. So let's find out what the goodness of God will do this morning. Here we go. Let's go all the way back to the book of Exodus. This is chapter 33. And what is happening in context in, in this passage of Scripture is that Israel 
had been an, an idolatrous nation. They had uh, committed idolatry, and because of that, they had experienced the heavy hand of God. But now things are changing, and God's about to reveal uh, not his heavy hand to them, but he's about to reveal his goodness to them. So this is the context of these verses. And, and, and so verse 13 says, Now, therefore, I pray you, this is Moses, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and I want to know you progressively, I want to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. I want to perceive and recognize and understand more strongly and clearly. Now, look what Moses is, is praying. Moses says this, I, I, if I found favor, show me who you are. And he says, I want to know you more clear. I want to know you stronger. I want to become more acquainted with you. I want to know you more intimately. How many know that's a good prayer? That's a prayer we ought to pray. Anyone want to know God more clearly? Have you seen God more clearly? than you used to? How, when you got out of religion, did you see God more clear? Hopefully you've seen God more clear since you've been here at, at LifePoint. But this, but this is, this is Paul, uh, I'm sorry, not Paul, this is Moses' prayer. He wants to see God more clearly. And he goes on, he says, and that I might find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation, they are your people. Now remember the context of this. And the Lord said, my presence will go with you. I mean, you know, that's good. And I will give you what? Rest. I mean, a, a good thing about the presence of God, it makes us what? Restful. Have you ever felt like you did not have the presence of God with you? Were you restful? You were stressing, right? Okay, let's read on. Verse 15. And Moses said this to the Lord. If your presence does not go with me, don't carry us up from here. In other words, Moses said, God, if you're not going, I'm not going either. Now look at verse 16. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished? It's a distinguishing mark on God's people, his presence, his glory. I've got to find my place here. Is it not in your going with us that we are distinguished, I and your people, from all the other people upon the face of the earth? Verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you have asked, for you have found favor, you have found loving kindness, you have found mercy in my sight, and I know you personally, and I actually know you by name. So we see in this scripture, God knows your name, and in knowing your name, you have found favor with God, you have found mercy with God, and you have found loving kindness with God. Now remember all of those words. They'll be important here in a moment. Verse 18 and Moses said, and he said this with some intensity. He's having this conversation with God. God, I'm not going unless you go with me. And God says, I will go with you, and it will distinguish the nation of Israel from all other people. And you will be favored. You will have the goodness of God on you. You have the mercy of God on you. And Moses asked for something else. But he, look at the language. Moses says, I beseech you. I beg of you. I plead with you. I got to have this. Like what, what he goes on and says, show me your what? Show me your glory. Show me your weightiness. Show me your heaviness. Verse 19. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass, what? Before you, and I will, proclaim, I will proclaim my name, the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. So what God is saying here, Moses asks to see the glory of God. God doesn't have a problem with Moses asking to see the glory of God. Actually, Mo, uh, uh, Moses begs God. He beseeches God, show me your glory. And God says, I will show you my glory when I pass by. But he didn't say, you'll see my great power. What did he say? You will actually see my goodness. Isn't that a, an interesting thing? If I was God, I'd be like, watch this. Poof, poof, poof. But, but God says to Moses, I'd be like, zap a few of your enemies. You know, change some government. Anyway, I, I would do some great stuff. But God says, I'm going to pass before you. I'm going to reveal my glory to you. I'm going to show you my characteristics. I'm going to reveal my nature. And what you're going to notice is I'm good. And he says, I will actually show mercy who I want to show mercy to. I will show love and kindness to who I will show grace 
So when God says, I want to reveal my glory to you, what he's saying is, I want to reveal how good I am to you. Now remember, they had just spent time experiencing the judgment of God because they were idolatrous, an idolatrous nation. They were worshiping other gods. They, 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 were, they found another source to worship. So they experienced the heavy hand of God for a season, but now God says, I want to show you my goodness. You've seen the wrath, but I've always wanted to show my mercy and grace and my goodness to you. See, religion tells you you deserve to see the wrath, but God says, I want to reveal the grace. So when we see the attributes of God, we see attributes of his goodness. And I want to throw a few attributes out there to you to encourage you about the goodness of God, um, just as I did with the greatness of God. If, if you remember last week, I talked about he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. I talked about some things like that. Well, check this out. If we're talking about the goodness of God, we've got to talk about some things like this. First of all, that God is loving. Actually, you cannot understand love without understanding God, because the Bible says God is love. He is agape love. He is unconditional love. He is unlimited love. He is agape himself. So when people say, I love you, they don't really know how to love unless they know what, what agape is. They know how to lust. They don't know how to agape. So the Bible says this, when we talk about the goodness of God, we got to know this, God is loving. And he loves without conditions. And he loves without limits. God's good, why? Because he's a loving father. And we have to be aware that we don't stick the image of father in the image of a bad father that some of you may have experienced because it will distort your understanding of a good father. But God's a good God. He's a good father. He's a loving father. Not only is he loving, here's a big phrase for you, he's long-suffering. So what's that mean? It simply means he's patient. Let's just take a poll. Is anyone in this building or at home glad that you serve a God who happens to be patient? Man. I will be honest with you. Patience is not one of the attributes I share with God. You know, God shares some attributes with us. We have some of the attributes he has. Some just go out to us. that They stay within him. But some we actually have that God has. Patience is not anyone else with me. I'm just, I'm putting myself out there, y'all, like, mm, and you're the pastor of this place. Um, <laughs> long suffering just means God is patient. If God wasn't patient, you would have been toast a long time ago. But He's a good God. Why? He's, he's patient with you. You know why God's patient with you? When God designed you, He knew the end from the beginning, so He knows your outcome. He knows you're going to get there. He knows you're going to overcome. He knows there's going to be a breakthrough. He knows there's going to be freedom. So God's patient. Sometimes I'm not so sure, but God is patient. Not only is God patient, God is what? He's kind. Now, these are words we just read about in the New Testament and the Old Testament. God is kind, which means not only is he loving, he's what? He's giving. A kind person is a what? Giving person. They're just not nice, but they have action to their niceness. God is actually a kind God. He's not a pushover. He's just. He's holy. He's righteous. But aren't you glad he's kind? You're proof that he's kind. Not only is he kind, guess what? He's gentle. Anyone glad that God has been gentle? Here's what gentle means. You have to understand the opposite of gentle. Uh, the opposite of gentle is harsh. And some of you came up in doctrine or under doctrine that God was harsh. He was just waiting for you to mess up and bang. Remember, remember being taught things like that? Well, that, that, that's not in your Bible. These are the attributes of God. He's not harsh. Now, he's not a wimp, but he is not a harsh God. If he was, we would not be sitting here. And lastly, God is compassionate. So God can be kind, he can be gentle, he can be all of these things, but he has to be compassionate because we don't really deserve those things. If you define the word compassionate, you would put in parentheses grace plus mercy. That's what compassion is. It's the grace of God and it's the mercy of God. 
I, I said something to you last week. I said, what you and I need to do is learn to lean into the bigness of God or the greatness of God. Remember I said that? I, mean, I don't remember that. Roseanne's got it written down, right? You've got to learn to lean into the bigness of God. But not just the bigness of God. You've got to learn to lean into the goodness of God. We really do have to learn to lean into the goodness of God. And I, I want to help you with that. I'm not going to read the scripture to you, but there's a, a passage of scripture over in 1 Corinthians um, uh, ch- chapter, chapter 12. There's a few verses there that, that are, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. And, and you're familiar with this. Paul was going through a season. And the Bible says this about Paul. Now, think about Paul. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's delivering people. He wrote most of the New Testament. He's doing some good stuff for God. Probably the greatest apostle of all time. And Paul said this. He said, the enemy sent a messenger to buffet me. And he said, this buffeting, he phrased it this way, it's a thorn in my flesh. You ever felt like there's some stuff that feels like a thorn in your flesh? And so what Paul do? Paul prayed what we would pray. He actually said three times I asked God, take this away. Please just take this away. Please just take this away. And you would think that God would say, yes, I will, zap. But God said, in response to Paul, he just came back with this, this phrase. He says, my grace is more than sufficient for you. I'm like, no, that's, that's not the answer I wanted. I want zap them. Now, this, this passage of scripture has been misunderstood. It's been mispreached. A lot of people preach that, um, that, that Paul had an eye disease or an illness, and, and that's not true at all. If you understand the words here, what Paul was saying was, it actually says this, Paul was getting more and more revelation about grace. And because of that, the enemy sent a messenger to buffet him. And this, these people followed him around, and they attacked him, and they attacked his ministry, and they, they attacked his doctrine, and they wouldn't let up. And Paul was like, God, kill him. Now, he might not have said it that way. That's the way I would have prayed. But, but Paul prayed, God, would you remove this? And God said, my grace is more sufficient than all that. And then the next thing is amazing. So Paul started bragging about his limitations, about his infirmities. But the word infirmity means that people were harassing People were coming against Paul, but God's answer is the same answer for you and I, that his grace or his goodness or his favor is more than sufficient for whatever season you're in, for whatever thing you're facing, for whatever stuff is going on. Actually, we could actually interpret the scripture this way. This is awesome. You ready? The, the grace of God is deeper than your dilemma. Whatever dilemmas you may be going through or may traverse through in the future, the grace of God is deeper than your dilemma. Now, you can interchange some words. You could interchange grace for goodness. You could interchange it for favor. You could interchange these words like favor, goodness, and grace. You can, you can use different words. You could say the goodness of God is deeper than your dilemma. The favor of God is deeper than your dilemma. Now, if you took everything Paul went through, I looked this up for you, because it was written in Greek, so we have to understand those words, we could say some things like this. When you feel like you lack strength, when people are taking pleasure in your setback, when you're facing sometimes a reversal of fortune, when you're being harassed, or when you find yourself in a tight spot, the goodness of God is more than sufficient. Let's take a poll. Has anyone in here ever felt like you lack some strength? The goodness of God is more than sufficient for your lack of strength. Has anyone in here ever felt like there's some people who take pleasure in your setback? If so, the goodness of God, guess what, is more than sufficient. How about this? Has anyone in here ever experienced um, a reversal of fortune? Nobody? No one's ever? Thank you. Okay. If that happens, guess what? God says, but my goodness and my favor and my, 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 my grace is, guess what? It's more than sufficient if you have a reversal of fortune. How about this? Anyone ever been harassed? How about this? Has anyone ever found themselves in a tight spot? If you've ever found yourself in a tight spot, or if you find yourself in a tight spot in the near future, guess what? God's answer would be, if you bring, God, take this tight spot away. He might look at you and say, but my goodness... 
is more than sufficient. And you could, then you could do what Paul said. Well, let it be a tight spot. The goodness of God is greater than my tight spot. It's greater than those harassing me. It's greater than these things that I might be dealing with. Well, what are we talking about in 2022? God wants to reveal his glory. That means he wants to reveal next level goodness. Now think about this. How God reveals himself is how he wants to be known at a certain time by certain people. Let me say that again so you get that. The way God reveals himself is how he wants to be known in a season or to certain people. So when God reveals his goodness, he's wanting a certain segment of people to see his grace and his goodness and his favor. Sometimes he wants to reveal his greatness. Sometimes he wants to reveal his goodness. Sometimes when you see the glory of God, greatness, goodness, he wants to reveal it to you. We learned he wants to reveal it in you. We, want, we were learning he wants to reveal it for you. We've learned he wants to reveal it through you. Wednesday night, I'll tell you how we respond to that. But isn't God good? That he says, I want to be known to you as a good father. So my goodness is always going to be more sufficient than whatever it is you got yourself into, whatever, whatever it is that came against you, or whatever's coming towards you. My goodness. In other words, let's just say it this way. The goodness of God outweighs all the junk that you might be dealing with or ever will deal with. So let's make some pointers. Are you ready? I said the greatness of God will fix you, free you, inform you. Let's talk about what the goodness of God will do. Y'all ready? Here we go. Number one, first life point. God's goodness will mend you. Everyone say mend. It will mend you. God has this amazing thing because he's a good God of reaching back into your yesterday and erasing it. Forgiving it. Freeing you from it. Check this out. Not just forgiving you, but forgetting it. Hello, somebody. Now, I want you to get this. God has this amazing, remember, he's good, so what can he do? He can mend us because he's compassionate, because he's good, because he's loving, because he's patient. He actually can reach back. Grace can go back into your yesterday and forgive you, and for, he can forget it. You may not forget it. Others may not forget it and want to remind you, but the most important person has chosen to forget it. Some of you are excited. Some of you should be double excited. <laughs> what haunts you is not haunting God. What you think can keep you from God's best, God doesn't recognize. He's a good God. You say, you're just preaching this grace stuff. I'm preaching this grace stuff. Because the Bible says everything God gave is by grace. we got to receive it by faith. But faith comes by hearing and hearing and getting revelation. Isn't this good? So what I think God wants to do in 2022 is just show off his goodness. Sometimes I just like to show off my goodness for my kids, my wife. Just do something good because I can, because I want to. God's the same way. He's the same way. But he has this amazing way to reach back into our yesterday, forgive us, forget, free us. It doesn't stop there. Then he justifies us. Now, you don't have to know all these big words. Some of you might know them. You've been around Jesus for a while. But there's a big theological word. It's called justification. Here's all you need to know. When God forgives you and frees you and forgets, he justifies you. Here's the easy way to remember it. Just as if you never sinned before. You say, well, Pastor Aaron, if you knew my track record, I, I don't need to know your track record. Well, I've got a, I've got a past. Well, you're, you're past, God forgot your past. I'm not sure you have a past. Then he just doesn't justify you. The Bible says then he sanctifies you. Well, here's what that means. Day by day by day, he's transforming you into the image of the word. Day by day by day, he's changing you. Day by day, as you learn and surrender, he's altering you. So he didn't just fix your yesterday. He's continuing to change you, alter you. How about that? He's a loving God. 
Love covers. Love does not expose. Love heals. Love does not hinder. Yeah, well, you've you got to get this. You say, well, but, but you know, our, our yesterday we have testimony. Yeah, testimony of the fact of what God did. Isn't this good? He mends you. Because you probably came to him broken. And he mended you. You came to him messed up and he made a miracle out of you. You came to him trashed. He made a testimony out of your life. Isn't that cool? So number one, the goodness of God will mend you. Number two, the goodness of God will make you. Or you could use the word mold. So not only does the goodness of God reach back into your yesterday in a race, it reaches into the here and now and it empowers you. How many of you are empowered by the goodness of God? You're empowered when you understand the favor of God. You're empowered when you understand the grace of God. You're empowered when you understand the love of God. How many, when you first came around here and you heard me preaching a little bit about grace and favor and goodness, it, it just changed some things. I know it changed me when I started getting revelation about the grace of God. How about all that stuff you tried to get free of and overcome yourself that you dealt with over and over, and all of a sudden you started leaning into grace and it started happening? What you couldn't do, he's always been able to do. And when you understand you don't live by luck and you don't live by fate, you live by the favor of God. It's not based on how good you are, it's based on how good he happens to be. But it reaches into your present and empowered. I looked up a few things. These are shout-worthy, so you can't receive these unless you get excited about them. These are just some things that God has done for you that is empowering you now that used to didn't be in your life. You want to hear this little list? And there's more, but I made a little list. How about this? He has redeemed you, which, which means this. He purchased you from your sin. You were a sinner. You were unforgiven. You were a loser. And what God did was he shed his blood as a payment to rescue you. He redeemed you. You are redeemed. How about this one? Not only are you redeemed, but he declared you righteous. Let me explain it. The Bible actually says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That would be a good confession to make every day. Because what the Bible says is you could not earn God's goodness by your own righteousness. It says your own good deeds and righteousness were like filthy rags. So what God did is when you became a believer, he gave you a gift and he gave you his righteousness. So so you are not righteous based on your goodness, but the goodness of God. So Phil doesn't have his own righteousness on him. He's a good guy. He's got some good traits. But overall, he has the righteousness of God on him. No matter what he's ever said, done, or thought, he's righteous. Roseanne, you're righteous, and you're not going to get any more righteous than you are right now because it's the righteousness of Jesus on your life. But, but we, get, we get, you ever had the hiccups? We get the yeah buts. You know, you're just going through life, and all of a sudden, well, you're going through life, and I know God's good. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. You need to cast out the yeah, but, and say to your sin and your wrong thinking, yeah, but, the grace of God. Yeah, but, the goodness of God. How about a few more? The Bible actually says this also about you, that you are greatly blessed. It says this about you. You are a brand new creation. In the Greek, it says this, you, you're, you're a species that did not exist before. You, 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 you were lost, you were sinful, but now you're grace-filled. You are full of grace. You are born again. You are a brand new creation. You could not be, do, or have before, but you can now be, do, and have all that God says you can be, do, and have. The Bible says this, that you are now alive to God. There was a time you were not alive to God. But the Bible says now you're dead to sin nature, but you're alive to God. He said, then why do I still have some sins? Because your mind has to be renewed, but your spirit's made brand new. Your mind just has to get the word of God and work these things out in your life. That's all that's there. I would say this. You have no new sins going on in your life. You have some hangover from yesterday hanging around. It's just some old residue. 
But look where you're at now. You're, you're elevating above that. You're becoming, you're, you're overcoming things. Look what God's, sometimes we just focus on some things we're not and we forget there's a new principle. It's a spirit and life working in us. Paul said it. He said, I see this stuff. He said this. You ever feel like you have one of these days? I want to do this, but I seem like I do this. He said, woe is me. Look at what's working in me. But then he says, but there's a new principle of spirit and life working in me. And I'm not always doing what I don't want to do because sometimes I do what he wants me to do. But before, you just did what you wanted to do. Did y'all get that? I don't think I can repeat that. How about a few more? He says you're deeply loved. He says this about you. You are now adopted as a child of God. Next time someone says, who's your daddy? Say, he's my daddy. <laughs> not only are you greatly blessed, not only are you deeply loved, you are highly favored. You are highly favored, and you are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than an overcomer. Wow. Don't tell me God's not good. If you read all, if you heard what I just said, he goes back and actually changes your inside, changes your nature, makes your soul come alive. As long as you're willing, he'll work on your, on your soul, man. God's a good God. He's redeemed you, rescued you, called you righteous, made you dead to sin, alive to him. Declared you're blessed, loved, favored, victorious. He's a good God. He's a good God. So God's goodness will mend you. It will make you. And number three, the goodness of God will move you. I mean, there's nothing like the goodness of God to really move you. And here's what I mean by that. He reached into your yesterday. He erased. He reached into your here and now and empowered, and he's reaching into your tomorrow, and he's enriching it. He's enriching your path. He's enriching your trek. You know what God predicts and prophesies about your tomorrow is his goodness. You know what the word of God has prophesied about your tomorrow? His goodness. You say, Pastor, are you preaching, you know, there's going to be no hardships. Or not? I'm not preaching that. I'm just saying no matter the hardship... No matter the challenge, no matter what might come around or be in the world, his path is good. Ephesians 2.10 said that. He said, when you got born again, now you're able to walk out the good paths he has made for you, to do the good things he has for you. He's enriching your tomorrow. He said, why would you preach a sermon like this? Because I'm trying to give you revelation about the goodness of God so you can put your faith in it. Faith comes by what? Hearing. I want you to put faith in the goodness of God because sometimes you put faith in the badness of yourself. You put faith in the badness of the world around. You put, we just, we have this tendency to go negative because that's somewhere down in our nature. That's why you got to keep hearing the word of God. You got to keep hearing that he's good or you'll be deceived that he's not good. Sometimes you, you've heard it, but you need reminded because we live in a fallen world. Faith Faith means I anticipate. It means I expect. So in 2022, you need to expect the goodness of God. Even if you've seen some junk in your life or some setback or some heartache, don't let yesterday predict tomorrow. Let the words of God predict your tomorrow. That's a faith change is what that is. Some of you are letting your yesterday predict your future. Jesus said, I changed all that. If he changed your yesterday, man, he, he, he can heal your now, and he can direct hope for tomorrow. Hope is what you have between the time you speak out your faith and faith manifests itself. In between, it's hope. That's, your, that's what you endure with. Hebrews says this. I want you to check this out. This is uh, chapter 4. I think it's verse 12. It says, we can come boldly. Everybody say boldly. That word means frankly. We can come boldly to the throne of judgment. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? It says we can come boldly to the throne of, what's the throne called? Boldly. And I know you've heard me say this before, but boldly means you have a right to be there. I've used this silly example. I'm in my early 20s, 30s now. Um, Anytime I walk to my parents' house, I've been out of there for years, I still feel like I have the need and the right to open the refrigerator. It's just a thing. I'm not even hungry. I just want to see what's in there. 
like my kids. They, they, they have access to what I have for them. It's interesting. When I open my Amazon account, all the things that are in my cart. <laughs> Makeup, hair rollers, things I have no recollection of, but they're in there. And these boxes will show up in my house. It's like Christmas every other day at my house. There's an Amazon box in my house. And it's got my name on it so I get to open it. And there's something there that they purchased because my card's attached to it. I have the Chick-fil-A app. Anyone have the Chick-fil-A app? That's God's restaurant. No, I say this. You know, the best thing about Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. The worst thing about Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. <laughs> but they have an app, and guess whose card's attached to it? Mine. But they have access. Guess whose card's attached to what you have access to? God's credit. It's attached. And, and the Bible says this, that you can approach the throne of grace with boldness. It means frankly. It means just come. Tell God. Just come. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to have a bunch of words. You just come to God. Boldly means you have a right to be there. It says it's the throne of grace. And it says this, that you, you find two things at the throne of grace. You ready for this? Grace and mercy. In the Greek, it says he throws you a rope. What's the rope God throws you? Grace, mercy. Not just when you're messed up, but man, when, when, when you're doing good too, he throws you the same rope. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Grace. That's what you find in the presence of God. That's what you find in the glory of God. Grace and mercy. Compassion, love, kindness, gentleness. You find the greatness of God. You find the goodness of God. Grace is when you get what you do not deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. That's what you find when God reveals his nature. If you're a note taker, write this down. Everything I said today can land on this. God is more, more than sufficient in every one of your situations, seasons, and shortcomings. Somebody say, that's good right there. God's goodness is more than sufficient in every one of your situations, your seasons, and your shortcomings. So a situation you may be staring at right now, maybe you got yourself into it, whatever, I want you to know that the grace, the favor, the goodness of God, the nature of God, the glory of God is actually more than sufficient for your situation right now. No matter how big you think your situation is, how intimidating it is, how terrifying it is, how annoying it is, how frustrating it is, the goodness of God is more than sufficient in your situation. It's also more than sufficient in whatever season you're in right now. Because we go through seasons. The Bible says that. Life is seasons. Sometimes the seasons are like summer. Sometimes they're like spring. Sometimes they're like fall. Sometimes they're like winter. Sometimes some storms come. Sometimes we go through some things. Sometimes we go through changes. Sometimes we go through disappointment. We just go through seasons. Does anyone ever know? The Bible says that. But every season that you will go through, the goodness of God is more than sufficient. I'm, I'm in a, maybe you're going through a season. I'm in a season right now, some health challenges. God is more than sufficient. Going through a season right now, it's been a little lonely. God is more than sufficient. Going through a little season right now, finances are a little tight. God is good and more than good in every one of you. Remember that. Because when you're in the season, in the situation, sometimes we, we lose sight. What does every season do? It will eventually what? Shift. And his grace is greater, his goodness is more than sufficient than your shortcomings. If you didn't have any shortcomings, you would not need grace. So if you're like, I got a lot of shortcomings, guess what? You're a candidate for a whole lot of grace. That should excite you. Let me say that again. Think it went over your head. 
If you've got a lot of shortcomings, you're a candidate for a whole lot of grace. A whole lot of grace. Now, not just because this sounds good, but because everything I just said, I want you to put faith to. The only way to receive grace is by what? Faith. Grace is God's gift. Faith is you putting your trust and belief in God's grace. Let, let, let me land with this. Why don't we stand to our feet? I'm not going to read these scriptures, but I just want to reference a couple things to you. In closing, we're going to do a song here. Timothy said this, be strong in grace. Be strong. What should you be strong in? Grace. Not religion. Grace. What should you be strong in? Be strong in the goodness of God. Be strong in the favor. If they looked at you and said, what's your heaviness? I am heavy in the grace of God. I am. I'm tipping the scales in the favor of God. I'm pushing the weight limit in the goodness of God. Galatians says this. Don't set his grace aside. You know what that means? It means this, don't treat the grace of God minor. Don't treat it as a minor thing. Because I'm about to make a statement that's going to make your brain hurt. In context, don't make the grace of God a minor thing. Don't make the goodness of God a small thing. Don't set the favor of God aside. How did you come to Jesus? How did you get saved? Grace of God. How did you turn into a believer? Favor of God. How were you rescued and born again? Goodness of God. The Bible says, same way you came to him, walk in the grace of God. In other words, be strong in the grace. It's the goodness of God. It's an attribute of God he wants to be known by. Rely on the grace of God. Because listen to this statement. To, de to deny the word of God is to deny Jesus. To deny the Word of God is to deny, to deny Christ. So when we deny areas of the Word of God, we're actually denying areas of Christ. We can be anti-Jesus in areas of our life. You can actually love Jesus and be atheistic in your thoughts. I'm going over here and talk to these guys. Here's what I mean. If I'm going to say, I love Jesus, and the word is truth, but I'm not going to rely on grace, I am actually rejecting part of Jesus. I'm, if, if we're not buying into the goodness of God and the grace of God and the favor of God, it's like denying the word of God. It's like denying the help of Christ himself, the work of Jesus himself. Well, nobody wants to do that. We need to embrace the the entire Bible, which is embracing the entire doctrine of the goodness of God and embracing Jesus himself. Not with, I'll take this and that, but religion told me that. You need to cast out religion. It's demonic. But to deny those areas of Jesus, like grace and goodness and the loving, compassionate Father, is that, it's like denying the word itself. I told you I'd make your brain hurt, but that's freeing. I gotta embrace the goodness of God, just like you would rely on the greatness of God. But you cannot depend on the greatness of God until you have resolved the goodness of God. When you understand that God is good and God is for me, he is not against me, then you will understand I will anticipate his greatness. He'll move a mountain. He'll shift things. He'll rearrange things. If I believe God's good, I will anticipate that he will favor my path. If I believe that God is good, I will anticipate that the direction he is leading me is good. He's going to lead me from one level to the next, to the next. I will not deny the word of God. I will not deny you. I will embrace his grace. If I do not embrace his grace, my race is in trouble. My path is in trouble because I need his grace because it's more sufficient for all my tight spots, for all my seasons, all my shortcomings, all my setbacks, all my situations. 
listen, it is what got you through some things, and it is still what's going to get you through some things tomorrow. I mean, that's some good news. That is some good news this morning. So if I said to you on New Year's Eve, God wants to reveal his goodness, what I'm saying here as we wind down January is not only does he just want to reveal his glory, but it comes with his goodness. I would anticipate as we go through this year that we're going to hear some glory stories about the goodness of God, about the greatness of God. But you can't, you can't separate the goodness from the greatness. Y'all get that? You got to know he's good to experience he's great. And he does great because he's good. And he does his goodness for you. My wife said this, we wrote it on the chalkboard one day before a meeting, that 22 is for you. The glory in 22 is for you. And if we're waiting for you to get everything perfect and all together in your life, we're gonna be waiting a long time. But if we're waiting on you just to say, I believe God's good, I receive it. I receive the goodness of God, I receive, I, I receive the favor of God. I'm, I'm a be a good receiver this year. I'll just receive it. You need to stop letting you get in the way. Yeah, but I did this, I'm not this, I'm not that. Well then you repent, adjust that with God and get into receiving mode. This is receiving mode. God, if you got it, I want it. Amen. Amen. Let's say this together. I believe with all of my heart, all my mind, that I serve a good, good, good Father. How about we sing about that? See, what do you do after a message like this? We worship. We worship Him. We, we praise Him. We sing about how good He is. We just want Him to know, we believe you're good. We believe, you're, if that's all you can say during this song, I believe you're good, I believe you're good. And maybe everything in your life right now is going pretty good and it's easy to say. Or maybe all hell is broke loose and things are already in 22, like this is not what I signed up for in 2022. Where's the glory? Where's the, you just keep saying, but I believe you're good. I believe you're good. I believe you're good. I believe you're good.